we're having breakfast this morning, and a three-year-old boy said, Mummy, I need jam. The answer came, wow, you need jam. We all need something. When you're young, your perception of what you need out of a young boy, a young girl. When you're older, your needs change. I have studied for a few weeks what God says we need. And tonight, we're going to see one character that God says we need to have. If you turn with me, we'll start in the letter to the Hebrews. I've given you a hint, so as I read the verse, the young ones should be able to spot what is the character that we need. So we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to read verse 36. Hebrews 10, verse 36. For ye have need of endurance, in order that, having done the will of God, ye may receive the promise. The other morning I was reading the scriptures alone in the dining room and my nephew comes along and says, I had my eyes shut, it's nearly fallen asleep. And my nephew said to me, Uncle Vic, you need to work. I said, what? Work? What is my work? And I had the Bible in my hand and he says, that book that is in your hand. The Bible tells us we need something. What is it? Do you spot it? It says, you have need of endurance. What we're going to speak of tonight is endurance in the believer's pathway. Endurance for the Christian. But before I set on the subject, because I don't know everyone in this room, I don't know if all of you are saved. I don't know if all of you know Jesus as the personal Savior. So I want to share a verse with you. This verse says that we have need of endurance. There is an object. There is a goal. So this need that we have is for a specific goal. Did you pick it out? It says at the end of the verse that ye may receive the promise. What is the promise? If you turn with me, to the first epistle of John, chapter 2. Don't need to, you can just listen if you don't want to get distracted and turn in pages. It says, First John, chapter 2, verse 25. It says, this is the promise. Notice how scripture is very specific in answering to your questions. You've need of something so that you may obtain, you may receive the promise. What is this promise? This is the promise which he, God, has promised us. Life eternal. My dear friend, before we start, I want you to know that God has promised eternal life to every single person that wants it. What does that mean? 
God has promised something to entire humanity. What is it? It's eternal life. God has created us, my dear friend, so that we may live forever in his presence. That we may be in the enjoyment of his presence from now and to eternity. How do you grasp this promise? Very simply. By believing that God has promised this. How has he made this promise real? By sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, you have the son. And if you have the son, because you believe in the son of God, you have life. So you get into the gain of this eternal life. You don't need to study three years of university. You don't need to do a Bible college. You don't need to go anywhere. You just need to turn to Christ, believe in him, and you have the certainty of that promise. Now then, let's get to endurance. What does endurance mean? Because I'm not very good with English, I decided to look at the dictionary, Oxford Dictionary, to get a definition, and I've written it down because I I might get a bit confused. So... (coughs) Endurance stands, according to the dictionary, it says, is the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. In the Italian Bible, endurance is translated with waiting patiently, resisting patiently. Endurance is a character of persevering, continuing in resistance in an object is resistance to tear and wear. In a person is resistance to a situation, a difficult situation. And my dear brother or sister, I feel there is great need of an encouragement in enduring in the pathway. I feel it personally, and that's why I'm speaking to you from my heart. The situations we live in often will wear us down, will weigh upon us, and we get discouraged. And we lose focus, we lose power, we lose strength, we lose trust, and everything just gets too much, doesn't it? The Bible is encouraging us to endure. So if we have to endure... Let's take seriously God's word. If this is a feature that God says we should have, we must take account of it. So what we're going to do tonight, I'm going to run through a set of scriptures to understand how then do we endure? How can we endure? Where do we get this endurance from? What is it exactly? And then we're going to look at three practical examples and I'm hopefully going to give you three tips. They're not commandments, they're tips to help you to seek this character in Scripture. <clears throat> I want to start putting you in this situation. Where we start is John 16. Gospel of John, chapter 16. These are words of the Lord himself. And the Lord is very practical, very realist, I would say. And he says, John 16, verse 33 He says, these things have I spoken to you that in me ye might have peace. It doesn't stop there. He could have stopped there, couldn't he? No, he goes on. And he says something very challenging. 
he says, in the world, ye have tribulation. But be of good courage, I have overcome the world. Now, I'm not going to focus on this verse. I'm just going to start from the fact that the Lord tells us that in the world, we have tribulation. I am still waiting for the day that I can go to work and there's no trouble to be sorted. And that day will never come. In this world, we have tribulation. But the big question for the believer is, how do we tackle tribulation? How do we face them? What are tribulations? And this is where endurance comes in. How do we build endurance? You'll be surprised because I was when I read this. Scripture tells us, and that is in Romans Romans 5, it says, verse 3, it says, and not only that, but we also boast in tribulations, knowing that tribulations works endurance. How do we get endurance? Just as well, you're seated. We get it through tribulation. That is a harsh point. It is for me. I'm speaking very personally. The Lord is telling us that the way that endurance works is through tribulation. So, dear friend, take courage. Tribulations will be part of your life as you're down here. We have a promise. Remember, we started with the promise. It's eternal rest, eternal peace with Christ. But as we're down here, take courage, dear brother and sister. We will suffer tribulation. But tribulation works endurance. As you go through the troubles of life, through the difficulties of life, and you tackle them and face them and get through them, you will build this beautiful feature that we need, remember. The Bible tells us we need this feature, endurance. And this feature then grows into something else. We won't go on because we'll change the chapter, but it goes on to say an endurance experience and experience hope and so on. So, endurance is just the beginning. It's a first step. That's why I wanted to tackle this subject. Endurance is a basic step that we need to build on in our Christian life. So, where does it start? Where does it come from? By suffering tribulations. What are tribulations? It's everything that doesn't go the way we think it should go, or the way we think it must go, or the way we want it to go. Anything that stumbles us, anything that blocks us in life, causes tribulation. That is the beginning. Let's inspect it. Let's see what comes out of it. So, if you go in Romans with me, in Romans chapter 12, we have a confirmation there. It's just a passing by verse, but I want you to see what comes out of tribulation is endurance. What comes out of endurance is experience, experience, hope. And then it says, read here in chapter 12, Romans 12, verse 12, as regards hope, rejoicing as regards tribulation, enduring. What is the apostle telling us here? He's saying, remember, as a feature of the believer, when it comes to in tribulation, endure. It doesn't say run away from it. It doesn't say go against it. It says endure it because it's going to produce a fruit. We're going to see what it's going to produce. 
That's going to be something wonderful. So resist. Keep patient. Patiently wait. And burden. Bear the burden. We'll see how we can do it and the way that God wants us to do it. So we go on to the second epistle of Peter. Chapter 1. We're going to read a little section here. So second epistle of Peter, chapter 1, verse 5. But for this very reason also, using therewith all diligence in your faith, have also virtue. In virtue, knowledge. In knowledge, temperance. In temperance, endurance. In endurance, godliness. In godliness, brotherly love. In brotherly love, love. Now, look at what's happening. This feature, this character that we should have called endurance is put in one of the, what I call, the ladders of Scripture. And this ladder goes from faith to love. My dear brother and sister, and look at what happens if you endure, if you cultivate this feature, this character of the Christian, as you face tribulation, you endure, and then what happens is endurance brings you to godliness. And godliness brings you to brotherly love. And brotherly love brings you to love. What does that mean? What does it mean? What, where are we going? Well, we studied earlier about the Word of God. We spoke of some characters of the Word of God and we came to an understanding that God is the Word. The Word is God. There is another God is in Scripture. Maybe the young ones will know. And it tells us God is love. Now then, what does endurance do? Why do we need endurance in life, in Christian life? Because it will lead us closer to Christ himself. As we endure, we sang, I don't know if you noticed in the hymn what we sang, we sang that the Lord endured the sufferings of the cross and all the burdens that were before him. He, our blessed Lord, endured, had a lot of endurance in this life. He bore it all, he carried it all, Developed his perfect characters, characters of God Himself. Love, perfect love. God is love. So if we build up and use this endurance, we will get closer to Christ Himself. It's not by any of what we can do. As you understand, if the stepping, the first stone is tribulation, we lose all our patience there, don't we? We lose all our encouragement there. We drop everything down there. And that's the blessed thing. We drop all that we have and we start this walk with Christ himself. And it will lead us closer to Christ. So we move on. <coughs> Letter of James, chapter 1. James 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brethren, when ye fall into various temptations. Knowing that the proving of your faith works endurance. But let endurance have its perfect work, that ye may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
Look at this feature. Isn't it a pearl? Has it not become a jewel of the Christian life? Look at it. This endurance needs to have its perfect work so that he may be perfect and complete. Now, does that mean that if we endure all tribulation, we become perfect? Well, if you're speaking of being perfect and meaning that you don't sin, that's not right. That's not true. That's not what Scripture tells us. We are sinners. We don't get better than anybody else, dear brother and sister. But it produces, remember, a character of Christ, a character of his love, so that we can reflect some of the features of Christ in our life. And these three features of Christ make us perfect, not ourselves, but as a reflection of the perfect one, Christ himself. So that we can boast in tribulation, we can just move on, we can rejoice in them, it even says here, so that the proving of our faith works out endurance. My dear friend, before we go to these three practical examples, and then I'm going to finish, I want you to understand why I'm speaking so much of endurance. You know, <clears throat> we've all lived through a very harsh period during the COVID restrictions. You in UK lived them in one way. We in Italy lived it in another way. For your information, we are still wearing masks at work. But my dear friend, endurance works its perfect work. Now you think, what's that got to do with it? What has masks in COVID got to do with endurance in faith? Nothing to do with it. Simply for the fact that if you endure a tribulation, it works out in your Christian pathway. You learn a little bit of endurance. When you're suffering, when you're tried, when you're tempted, when you're tested, if you just lean on Christ, Him alone, He will help you to work out endurance. And endurance will bring its perfect fruit. And its perfect fruit is so that we might be complete, lacking in nothing. Now, because I always like things to be a bit more practical, I'm going to just go through these three examples so that you know you can see what Scripture tells us about endurance and three characters that you might know at different levels. And some of you will know a lot more than I do on these characters, but I'm just going to simply suggest them so that we may see what they endured and what was the benefit of that endurance and we might have a tip for our life. So we're just going to go, all three examples are going to be in the Old Testament. And we're going in the second book of Kings, chapter 18, verses 5 and 6. Second book of Kings, second Kings, chapter 18, verse 5. We're speaking of a man here who was a king, and he was called Hezekiah. He says he trusted in Jehovah, the God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among any that were before him. And he clave to Jehovah and did not turn aside from following him, but kept his commandments, which Jehovah commanded Moses. And Jehovah was with him, he prospered whithersoever 
he went forth. Hezekiah is one of the examples in scripture of a believer who endured. Now, what did he endure? If you know a little bit of the story of Hezekiah, you will remember that he lived in a moment where the Assyrians, which were the greatest army at that time, <coughs> had turned against Israel. And they were charging and <coughs> coming into the cities and destroying all the cities of Israel. And they arrived in Jerusalem, the capital, where Hezekiah was. And you learn from the story of Hezekiah, which is a very lovely story. And for your information, Hezekiah's story is one of the few stories that, that is repeated three times in Scripture in three different books. So well worth studying the story of Hezekiah, because it's repeated three times. Hezekiah resisted. And what did he endure? Did he endure the Assyrians? No, that's not the character of endurance. He resisted the persecution. He resisted, and despite all had turned against him, even his people were beginning to question him, because that such was Satan's deceitful plan that the king of Assyria, through his servants, even suggested that they shouldn't trust in Jehovah. But read what we read. It says he claimed to Jehovah and did not turn aside from following him. He endured. His faith was strong in Jehovah. Does that mean that Hezekiah was a perfect man? He did everything right? No, it doesn't. Scripture tells us he failed. Even during this period, he did fail. He did something that was meant to do. But Jehovah was gracious. Jehovah was with him. God was with him because... Hezekiah endured. He was, what did he do? We learned that one of the features was praying. Hezekiah loved to pray. And he went up and he prayed. He prayed through Isaiah. Remember, one of the situations, he sends his men and said, go to Isaiah, the prophet. That was the customs of that time. The prophet would have done things. But Hezekiah then begins to pray himself the second time. Remember, he opens the letter and he prays, he resisted, he endured in his faith, and he was blessed. Now, what is the tip of this example? I want to tell you a little tip. Endurance is not driven by condition. What, I want, what do I want to say here? If you think that to be able to endure, conditions need to be good, then you're wrong. It's independent on conditions. Endurance is independent on conditions. If you think that we're going through small times and that the church is persecuted and that we're losing people, we're not so <coughs> happy, endure, my dear brother and sister. Endurance is independent on conditions. The conditions in Hezekiah's time were tough, very tough, and he resisted. Let's go to the second example. We're going to turn to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2. Habakkuk 2, just going to read verse 1. The book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand upon my watch, and set me upon the tower, and will look forth to see what he will say unto me. 
and what I shall answer as to my reproof. And then just go to chapter 3, please. And we'll read verse 17 to 19. Verse 17 of chapter 3. For though the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive tree shall fail, and the field shall yield no food. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in Jehovah. I will join the God of my salvation. Jehovah the Lord is my strength, and he maketh my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. Habakkuk is a second example of endurance. What is his feature? What was he enduring? He was waiting for an answer from God. Do you know what God gave him as an answer? You can read the book. It's very short. He told him, the Chaldeans are going to come and they're just going to swipe away everything. And they're going to take you away. Destroy everything. What a prospect. What a prospect. Here comes the second tip. Endurance is not prospect-driven either. So it's independent of the condition, but it's independent on prospect. If you think that you can endure only if God's going to tell you that you're going to have a happy life, that's not endurance. That is not endurance. Habakkuk said, look at him. What, what a faith. He said, I will stand and wait. I will look forth to see what he will say unto me. Who was it? God. What will God was going to say to him? What is his feature? He listened. We spoke about God's word. You know, if you know a little bit about prayer, listening is part of prayer. There's two sides to prayer. You can speak, but God can speak as well. It's your communication channel with God. And the first time that's... A brother told me that I should listen in prayer, and I was amazed. I just thought prayer was just just go to God and say, just pour out all that was in my heart. And when I discovered that I could listen, I discovered the power of prayer. So, why is Habakkuk an example of endurance? I will stand and wait to listen what he has to say to me. And what he received, dear brother and sister, was not a happy message. It wasn't. So if you're standing on your only proposal, on your only strength, on enduring and waiting is because you're hoping for a good message, then you're standing on shaky ground. Endurance is a feature, a character of the believer, and it's independent on prospect. The last example is Nehemiah. And we're going to go in chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. Chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 11. In Nehemiah 2, verse 11. And I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I arose in the night, I and some few men with me. But I told no man what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. And there was no beast with me except the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the valley gate, even toward the jackal fountain, and to the dung gate, 
And I viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were in ruins, and its gates were consumed with fire. And I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, and there was no place for the beast under me to pass. And I went up in the night through the valley and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the valley gate and returned. And the rulers did not know whether I went or what I did, for I had not as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. And I said to them, ye see the distress that we are in, that Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more of reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, as also the king's words, which he had said unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. And they strengthened their hands for the good work. I love Nehemiah. He is a great warrior. He is a faith warrior. That man had the desire put into his heart by God himself. As he was in a great position in a foreign country, he had nothing missing. He had all he wanted. He was in a good, great position. But his heart was not with his master, earthly master. His heart was with his heavenly master. And he endured. What did Nehemiah endure? Well, you've got to read the story to understand all that he endured. But he endured all sorts of things. As you read through Nehemiah, I just couldn't have time to read you all the features where you can see the endurance of Nehemiah. He struggled through difficulties, from opposition from his people, from troubles that the people had done he didn't even know. They come to him and told him, look, this is what's happening. He was like, oh no, what a disaster. And then foreign people, and then the enemies, and everybody was against him. Everybody was against him. He endured. He kept on. Endurance in what? In service for Christ. That's what I have in mind. Each one of us has a service. You know, service in the Christian faith is not just teaching or preaching. There are loads of services unknown to the world. Vital for the success of teaching and preaching and edification and building up of the church. Service. A brother once said that the service is being available for the service is what you need. So Nehemiah was available. He went on, didn't he? He went on. And look at this. And this is the last tip I'm going to give you. He says he told no one of what God had told him. Don't we sometimes think, oh, I've had a message from God. I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you. He told no one. He went to check what he had to do. He was wise. He was enduring. He just looked. We spoke about gates. We spoke about the water gate. Here, did you read? It speaks about the dung gate. Complete different chapter, isn't it? From a water gate. Wow. He just went, looked. When did he do it? In the middle of the night. He didn't sleep. He wanted to complete, to start that work. And before he had seen what he had to do, he told nobody. Where's the tip? Endurance 
is independent from numbers. We may think that because we're small, we're not doing very well. I come from a small community, nearly 1,500 miles away, and there's eight of us, nine of us when we're in big numbers. All right? Years. It's now over 20 years we're like that, nearly. Endurance. Does that make us clever that we endure for those small numbers? No, it doesn't. It builds up trust in Christ. It builds up the feature. What happens at the end of Nehemiah? What happens at the end is that not only Jerusalem is built up, but the service of worship is reestablished. It says, it's one of the last verses, isn't it? It says that, uh, yeah, chapter chapter 13, the end it says, and I purify them from all foreigners and appointed the charges of the priests and the Levites. Everyone in his service. And for the wood offering at times appointed and for the first fruits. So Nehemiah endured to bring fruit for God himself. That's all my difference. I just hope that don't rely on what I said necessarily. Look into scripture. I wanted to give you a few scriptures so that you can go and investigate in the scriptures. We spoke about understanding the word of God. Now understanding comes from maybe a distinctive reading. It helps you to focus. But then it's your job, dear brother and sister, to explore into scripture and to ask the spirit to help you to take out what is for your encouragement. May the Lord bless his word for his name's sake.